Hi, my name is Chanel Otley Allen, and you're listening to Caribbean Brood Stories. Welcome. There's never been a podcast that focuses on Caribbean women from all walks of life, narrating their journey of giving birth, navigating self-care postpartum, and parenting across our beautiful region. Now there is. Caribbean Birth Stories is committed to providing a space for honest, non-judgmental conversations, fostering a supportive community of listeners, inspired to share and act on the resources born out of every episode. Do enjoy. Today's guest could be considered a bit controversial as she's a former girlfriend of my brother. (laughs) But thankfully, all parties involved have remained civil and have been blessed with the opportunity to have a chat with her today. Meet Shamara Cherubin Forsyth, an attorney at law, registrar at the Supreme Court in Grenada, Grenadian by birth and fellow Caribbean woman. Shamara's story is unique in that she's experienced a multiple pregnancy given birth to twin girls. Many may believe that having twins in the Caribbean is a rarity. Example, in Haiti, the incidence is 14 per 1,000 births. But the research shows that the incidence of twin births in the Caribbean is comparable with intermediate rates seen in the US, Australia, and many European countries. Their incidence is 9 to 16 per 1,000 births. If you've ever wondered what it's like to be pregnant with twins, Listen, not sure if your career is going to survive motherhood. Listen. So hi, Shamara. <laughs> hi, hi. Good morning. How are you doing? I am good. I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Tell me how you like, how did you become a mother? What was your journey like to motherhood? Well, when I got married, my husband already had a daughter. So she was four at the time that we met. So I was thrown right into motherhood from the get-go, from the time we were dating. Almost a year into marriage, I discovered that I was pregnant, and that was my son. And the discovery, I was happy, you know, you were excited, your first pregnancy. And, you know, I had the morning sickness for about four or five months. So I learned to eat what tastes good coming up. Yes. Um, But it was an experience for me watching the changes in my body, the changes in my moods, you know. And even after pregnancy, you discover, oh, it's not just during pregnancy that you experience these changes, but there's some life changes in you. Mm -hmm. So I think that aspect of it, of the journey was, it was challenging at times because you had to learn to accept these changes. Yeah. You know, everybody talks about the bounce back. And not for everyone, you don't bounce back. Sometimes you ease into it, or the back is never what it was before. Correct. So I think as women, we often, Caribbean persons, I should say Caribbean people, we often make comments to women and mothers, and we don't think about how it affects them. Yes. You know, when you're going to lose a pregnancy weight, when that belly going to get flat again. And yep. I don't think persons realize the internal struggle so many women have balancing motherhood working if you are a partner to someone being continuing to be that partner and then most importantly yourself yeah you know we mothers often put we put ourselves last yeah sometimes we don't even get to focus on our well-being mental well-being physical well-being so it's a juggling act it is i think that basically my transition into motherhood motherhood 
All right. So I know that, so you have a stepdaughter and then you have your son, but then you found out you had, you were expecting twins. Tell me a little bit about your reaction when you found out you were having twins. No, this story is a bit unusual. Okay. I realized pretty early, my son was a little over a year, probably 14 months. And I realized I was feeling symptoms akin to pregnancy. So very early I was, I went to the doctor, I said, I'm pregnant. I knew it. Right. And I, tr- I, I realized, yes, I was pregnant. I tried to go to my regna- regular gynecologist, but he doesn't do appointments and you mm-hmm. have to reach to him t- about 6.30 in the morning. Oh my gosh. And standing line. Mm-hmm. So that you are the first, one of the first 10. After being unsuccessful a few times, I got there one morning at six and I was ready to be first in line. And I stayed there and then I went to read a sign on the door and I realized he was closed for the day. Oh my. And that is when I went to a different gynecologist and I was with her for a while, my entire first trimester into my second. And I said to her, I'm getting bigger than the last pregnancy. I feel, I'm feeling sicker, I'm feeling bigger. And she said to me, oh, that's because you never lost a weight. I said, but that's not true. But she never really took on my comments of feeling different. And I told her from the get-go that multiple birth was a possibility. Right. My grandmother was a triplet. Oh, wow. So when I went to discover the sex of the baby, I was told, you know you're having twins, right? Oh, my goodness. This is after multiple I laughed. I cried. They had to stop the procedure because I couldn't get a hold of my emotions because it was unexpected. I had already prepared myself for one child. I just wanted to know, girl or boy, to see whether I could keep the stuff from the last pregnancy or if I had to just change yes. it up a bit. Yes. So it's a girl. So I messaged my mom and I said, it's girls. <laughs> laughed. She said, girls or girls? I said, girls. Mm-hmm. My sister thought it was so hilarious. She told me about two months before that she had a dream and I was having twins. And I rebuked her. I said, hell no. I said, I didn't even plan to have a second one. No twins. Right. So that is how I discovered I was having twins. I was almost six months pregnant when I realized it's a multiple birth. Wow. And so how did your partner, your husband at the time, take the news? He did not speak for two days. <laughs> at all. From the time wow. we were in there, he just got quiet. Mm-hmm. He said nothing. I think he was so... I tried to get it out of him, speak to him, because I'm a chatterbox. And he tends to be a little quieter. And he just asked me to give him some time to process. Just give him right. time to process. You know, everybody <laughs> around us was so excited. Of course. And I think because we had baby at home we were both a bit overwhelmed at how are we going to do this yeah just starting to get into a routine mm-hmm. so that for us you know we, we got into the excitement but in the beginning it was more shock right i understand totally um do you remember any and this could be during either of your pregnancies any typical advice that was given to you, like typical Grenadian advice um, of things you should avoid, activities you should avoid, foods you should should eat or shouldn't eat, that's really typical for Grenada. In Grenada, every person you meet when you're pregnant has something to say, <laughs> some advice to give. 
Right. Don't keep, don't keep the baby in your bed. Don't keep the baby too long. You're going to spoil the baby. Um, it was just so much. Everybody had an opinion. What you should wear when you're pregnant. Don't wear tight clothes. Don't wear revealing clothes. Don't wear baggy clothes. Don't scratch your belly because you'll get stretch marks. I bought bio oil, every oil there could be. And I rubbed the grease down like a, I, I don't know what to say. I greased my belly, everything greasing my belly. Right. Stretch marks are all. <laughs> it didn't work. It didn't work. And, and you know, so there are a lot of comments too. But don't send a child to daycare when you when you 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 have the baby. Um, have somebody come home. Don't have somebody come home. The child needs to socialize in daycare. So there were so many different opinions, mm-hmm. you know, that I discovered on my own. Each pregnancy is different. Each mother-child relationship is different. Depends, you yeah. have to find out what works and your child. With the twins, I was told, you know. You have to feed them together. They have to be on the same cycle. So mm-hmm. they showed me how I have to hold them to have one at each breast. I've never had that experience because they never, ever napped together. They refused to go on the same schedule. So you realize that, you know, each child has a mind of its own from the time they come out of the womb. And you can try your best to structure it. But, you know, don't beat yourself up if it doesn't work the way persons tell you it's supposed to work. Yes. So I was bombarded with advice I smiled I said thank you but I you know I came to realize that I had to figure out my own schedule how it worked for me yes yes and I'm glad you brought that up because I think they all mean well you know to give us these words of wisdom but sometimes you just have to stop drown out the noise and figure out what's best for you and your family. So that's a really, really important point. I want to ask you about the actual pregnancy with the twins. How did you cope? So you only found out when you were six months pregnant. So for the remainder of your pregnancy, how did that go? Like, did you cope? How did you manage with it? Well, for me, I was hoping it would be similar to the first pregnancy. Because in my first pregnancy, I went to the hospital to deliver dressed for work with my handbag, just in case it was not a false alarm. So I was ready to go to, I tried to work to the end with the twins and I was hospitalized several times within the last month. Mm. I was was put on bed rest last month. And the day that bed rest ended was the day I was supposed to go back to the clinic to see what's going on. I went to work first. Oh my. I'd be strong. That night, I went into labor. (laughs) With my first son, I thought, thought, you know, okay, this is, you hear about a water bag. You hear the birthday ruptured water bag. So I had a little trickle. So I thought, okay, that's it. (laughs) Maybe I'm in labor. I saw what a burst water bag was with the twins. The amount Mm -hmm. of fluid that came. Came out, yeah. At home, it gushed on the way to the hospital, further gushes in the vehicle. By the time I got to the hospital, I was still gushing. I never imagined there was so much liquid to come out. And that itself was a totally different experience from the first time where I had been induced. Okay. So the last few months, I tried to be active. I tried to do everything I would normally do. But I found myself tired, Mm -hmm. heavy. To the end, I couldn't lie down to sleep. I had to sit down. I felt, you know, that this wasn't myself. So it was tougher and heavier. Mm-hmm. because of the larger load that I was carrying. Right. And were there any resources available to you 
as a mother of twins that you could access, whether it was at the clinic or was there anything special paid to you because of the fact that you're having a multiple pregnancy that you could think of? No. Okay. There was nothing special, you know. I left my gynecologist for that very same reason, because I kept asking questions, you know, what should be different? What could be different? What should I look for? This feels different. And I was not getting that conversation. Mm -hmm. I wasn't getting answers to my questions because I felt that it can't be the same. There are two inside of me. Yes. No, I'm feeling different. Yeah. I'm feeling more pain, more discomfort. What can I do to ease the discomfort to ensure that I'm not endangering my kids? So mm -hmm. most of what I knew, I read online. Eventually, I quit going to a private doctor entirely, and I just joined the public system. Yes. And I found I got the most thorough treatment there at the health clinics and the doctor in the hospital. I had to prepare for a long wait, but they were very thorough. They answered my questions and I felt satisfied that I was in good hands. That's good. I'm glad, I'm glad you pointed that out because I think a big misconception is that healthcare in the public sector is not as good or up to par with say a private setting, especially in the Caribbean where we have that sharp contrast between what to expect in a public health center versus in a private institution. So I'm happy to hear that you received, you know, good care, um, that you were able to get answers to the questions that you had with regard to your pregnancy at a public healthcare institution in Grenada so that other mothers listening can feel, you know, comfortable knowing that, you know, if they cannot afford to go private, it's okay because they're going to still receive quality, high value care in a public institution. So, yeah, thank you for bringing that to our attention. We have this misconception about the public sector and healthcare. Mm -hmm. The biggest issue faces the numbers, the weight. Yes. When you get there, you have a qualified wife who attends you first, and then you see the specialist. And both give you that time and attention and they answer your questions. They, they, the details that they, the first time my stomach was measured at, with, on, with the twins was when I went to the public facility. You know, they, they, they did things old school as opposed to I sat, you asked me two questions and then I left. Yeah. They actually took care of you. They looked at your feet. They checked for swelling. They asked right. you how you were feeling, what you were eating. And there was a conversation. And I'm a person where I like to feel comfortable. I want to have gone on Google and I've Googled things. I want you to tell me whether I've read the right thing, whether, you know, I'm scaring myself by reading wrong articles. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I have faith to that extent in the public health system. I know there are shortcomings and there, and there are areas where we, we have to give them the criticism. But in that regard, I would say to any mother, you can try the public health system if you cannot afford to go private. Yeah. Okay. And the actual delivery, talk to me about the delivery of the twins. So your water broke at home is what she said, and then you get to the hospital. So what, what happens? Tell me about that. From the time I arrived and I realized what was going on, I was brought to the um, delivery room. You know, everybody was excited. There were new interns there who basically wanted an opportunity to see a twin birth. Yes, exactly. I, on the other hand, was not listening to anybody. So whether they said push or don't push, I was ready to go. Right. And it reached a point where I wasn't hearing, I wasn't listening. Um, 
and then also kept saying, the midwife kept saying, you, Miss Forsyth, you need to listen, you need to listen. And I kept telling them, I'm pushing, I'm pushing, and nothing is happening. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. It, it had been about five, ten minutes by that point in time, because I had pretty short deliveries, labor with both kids, okay. with both pregnancies. Pregnancies. Mm-hmm. Two hours. Oh, wow. Um, yes. So they, they wouldn't realize that I just was not cooperating. I had two midwives attending to me. One was on my stomach pushing, and another one was below, opening and making a passage for the babies to come. There was a 10-minute break between each twin. Oh, wow. And, my yeah, I was just in another zone. The, the pain, I, I was having contractions, but I didn't feel like they were strong. Okay. The most pain I felt was when the baby was... I was telling my, 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 the head, the head, that head. It <laughs> was, that was the most cool. Right. Right. Okay. And then, so you've had, you had your babies vaginally and safely within 10 minutes of each other. Yes. Okay. And when you were, how long did you stay at the hospital for after the, the delivery? I stayed in the hospital for two three days three days after delivery in fact i was discharged before the twins were because there was a concern that the one of them may have had jaundice okay but they confirmed that that wasn't the case but three we spent three days and then we went home okay and so were you given any particular advice what did the midwife say to you post delivery you know, how should you care for yourself now that you've had this birth and, you know, obviously changes have happened to your body. How do you help your body recover postpartum? I can't, at the hospital, I didn't have that discussion. I think at that point, everybody was just eager. I was eager to go home. But Mm -hmm. Benita has a system where once you've had a baby, the nurses from the local health clinic would visit you at home for the first few weeks. Oh, And they'd come and visit you at home. Yes. So the nurse would come every other day and she would see where you're sleeping, where the baby sleeps. Um, she would tell you, show you how to hold the baby, how to she'd bathe the baby for you if it is that you're having difficulty. And just generally talk to you about how you are feeling and how to care for your body to help with the healing process. So that part was really good. It yes. really helped. I had additional help. My mother was a nurse. Okay. So she came home with me and for the first few weeks, I wasn't bathing any baby. I am they were too small. Right. So my mom did all of that. Mm-hmm. I just was not trying. <laughs> but um, I can say that the system they have in place with the house visits, it really helps. The nurse was very helpful, you know. Even to today, if she if she sees me, she'll ask me, What about the twins? Right. So that is the same, in the same clinic. I, I would say so. And they do the follow-ups and show the kids have their shots. So they call when the shots are due. And they tell you, you know, come this day, come that day. And mm. it's a good, there's a good system here for that. Yes, yes. That's really impressive. Because I don't think I've heard that so far in any of my boot stories across the Caribbean. Kudos to Grenada. If that, you know, that's that's just really amazing. So you've ha- you have this nurse come in to visit you after, and you have your mom, thankfully, who can help guide you as well. But did the postpartum period post the twins differ than post your first delivery with your son? How was there a difference? Yes, with my son, you no. Know, right after I had him, 
I was able, I was working actually from the hospital the next day. I, was, I did a contract. I sent it out, answered emails with them. I didn't have that. I just didn't have any strength because they want a different cycle. So when one fell asleep, the other one woke up. And when mm -hmm. I one fell asleep, the next one woke up. So I wasn't getting any sleep. You know, even before I left the hospital, they recognized that. And they said that I was trying to do completely breastfeed, right. but I couldn't. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't strong enough to keep it up. So the nurses helped me in terms of saying, okay, your mom, we know you want to do it, but you're going to have to give them formula also because right. you're not, you're, you are going to go crazy. Yes. And there were times when I honestly thought that I was having a breakdown. Talk to me more about Even that. Even after, you, you feel so tired because you're constantly at the beck and call of your new master. And that's basically what they were. You know, these two, you love them and they're sleeping, they're so cute. And then they wake up crying and demanding and you always have one on your breast, one, one, as soon as one sleeps, the other one wakes up. You're changing pampers all day, you're washing clothes. It's no time for you. Mm -hmm. So even after the three month period and I'm returning to work, I'm returning to work tired. And I even took time after because they went to daycare three months. Right. And I took two weeks after to try to rest to go back to work. When I got back to work, I was tired, drained. And it wasn't just a physical issue. Mentally, you you were forgetting. You're not processing as you, you normally would. Yeah. And this continued because they it was a different experience to my son where he had initially fell asleep early and slept through the night. They never slept through the night. Oh, and he gosh. never woke up together. <sighs> it was hard to balance motherhood, having a young baby, well, a toddler, and then the twins. Mm -hmm. you know, my, my stepdaughter, she was older, and it, it helped that she did not depend on me so much for things like getting up to make her breakfast, organize her for the school. You had to get up to give that support, but at least she had a level of independence that assisted with the process. But having three little ones at the same time, you know, different stage of crying, mommy, 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 this, mommy, that. <laughs> it, it was a lot. Yes, it, it sounds was like a lot. lot. Several times I would sit and wonder how single mothers do it, you know? And kudos to the mothers who don't have that family support. Because yeah. I, I know I was in hospital with a lady and she was having twins and these were her fifth and sixth children. Mm. And she was alone. And I, every time I, I, would I would complain, I would think of her and wonder, well, how does she make it? Yeah, I don't it's, know. It's hard. Yeah. I And that's what I wanted to follow up with you on. What did you need or what did you have to get you through that period of time? In hindsight, if you there's an expectant mother right now with twins and she is just anxious and just scared about what's going to happen when these babies arrive, what are some things that she can do to help relieve or, you know, that anxiety? The most important thing is to be able to speak out. If you need help to say, I need X, Y, Z, mm. you know, maybe you can try to do everything, mm -hmm. but it only makes you more frustrated, more tired, and more irritated. Yes. And when you're irritated and you're fusing short, you can't function properly. No. So I think the most important thing, and sometimes we expect our partner to see where we need or what we need and fall in and be there. Yes. And they don't see it at all because they see us as a superwoman. Exactly. So they see us accomplishing. So they figure, oh, she, she doesn't need help. Mm -hmm. So we need to be vocal about 
what help we need and saying that we need help. Mm-hmm. You know, we make it because we have to make it and we weren't given a choice. Right. You have these kids, you have to provide for them, you have to take care of them, you find a way to do it. And I think it's a superpower we have as women that we figure things out. Yes. And sometimes we, we figure out for everyone else, but we don't stop to figure out what we need for ourselves. And we feel guilty when we take the time or the money to take care of ourselves. Yes. That day at the spa, a day yes. out with your friends, even a day where you send the kids somewhere and you just sleep. Trust me, yeah. Or watch TV. Mm-hmm. And we, we need to make that time just for our... Sometimes I take a day off and it's called my mental health day. Mm-hmm. It's a day just for me. Mm-hmm. To be me, to relax. I'm not mommy. I'm not a wife. I'm not a boss. I'm not a colleague. I'm just Shamara. Yes. Sitting home, reading a book, watching TV, sleeping, or some other project that you enjoy. Yes. Find out what was your passion before you had kids. Mm-hmm. You don't have the time to do it as much anymore, but just to dedicate that space for you. And not just you and your friends or you and your partner, you. That quiet time. Because yeah. as a mother, you really have yeah. quiet time. Correct. You leave work to your full-time job. Yes. Now, what is one piece of advice you would give your younger self now that you've experienced your multiple booth and the booth of your son? What advice would you give your younger self? I would ask my younger self to have a lot more fun. Yes. You know, there are things I, I, I always thought, okay, I'm going to do that later. I'm going to travel there later. Um, you know, I would have had so much more fun, so many more experiences. Yes. Things that I always intended to do, I would have done them. Yeah. Honestly. It's, yeah, I think that's important. Because you always say you're going to reach that point where you're going to do it. But then kids come and they become your focus and you you invest so much into their experiences that your intended experiences get put on the back burner, put on the shelf. So I would have had a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. Any song that comes to mind? Um, can you think of one? Which one? It's not an easy road. It's not an easy road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. That's a good one. Buju, right? Yeah. Buju. Yes. Buju, the great Buju Banton. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you so much, Shamara. This has been enlightening. And I feel like not only have you helped me understand a little bit more about twin births, because I think for me personally, when I got pregnant, I kind of secretly hoped that it was twins because I wanted, I said, okay, one straight shot, have two of them done. You know, I was really, really looking forward to that. But I just had a a boy and I'm grateful and blessed. But I also think, oh my gosh, what would I have done if this, if I had two of these at the same time? I probably, I don't know if I would have survived. I mean, I'm sure I would have, but you know, I can't imagine the toll it takes on you mentally, physically, emotionally, you know. Thank you for confirming that fact for me. Um, but also sharing with, you know, all your, your, your story with us. I wanted to ask finally, if there were any particular resources in Grenada that you found helpful or useful for you during your whole journey, 
whether it's, you know, a particular mid, midwives, hospital, I don't know the hospital situation. Is it just one hospital that you have to go to or, you know, just any, any resource that you found useful during this journey that's in Grenada. So anybody listening from Grenada can say, oh, I should go and access X because I heard it's on this podcast and it was useful for Shamara. I can't speak to anything that during pregnancy was particularly helpful apart from the midwives at the health center and the hospital clinic. The system of the house visits immediately after you've gone home from the hospital and haven't given birth, that was particularly helpful, especially with the new mother and what to do. For example, if you you, you had sutures, mm-hmm. how, how to heal properly, how to rest, how to take care of the baby. And that is particularly helpful because often at that point, you're overwhelmed. There comes yeah. a point where your partner goes back to work. Whoever was assisting you may have gone home and it's just you and this baby. Yes. And that visit often helped you deal with certain questions or concerns that you had. I do wish that there was more resources available to expectant mothers to help them to prepare for their delivery. Yeah. To help them to prepare for after birth, the emotional tool that the process may take on you. Mm-hmm. And I do think that I, I, I don't can't speak for the Caribbean, but at least in Grenada, we need to focus a little bit more about the well-being, emotional, emotional well-being of our expectant mothers and right after postpartum. There's that period where you really need that support in knowing how to deal with things that may come, how to deal with complications. Yes. And I don't think we have that support. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I hope that this this episode touches someone and um, they, they gain just a wealth of information from what you have shared with us today. Okay, so thank you, Shamara, and hopefully I'll bring you back on yeah, another yeah. time. <laughs> a different boat story. <laughs> you never know. <laughs>